1: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the podcast. Suve Conversation with the people who were with me. In the world
1: Hey everybody, bienvenidos and welcome to Carlos Tonight. I'm very excited that you found us and also very appreciative of those of you who continue to support the podcast and listen. Um, I love reading your messages, your comments, and your emails. Keep them coming. And just want to remind you that Carlos Tonight is all new and available every other Wednesday wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. By the way, welcome to not only our listeners, but hello to our viewers. That's right, the show is now streaming, and I'm so happy about that. Hope you guys enjoy it. And before I introduce you to my guests, I want to invite you to check out carlostonight.com, and that's where you can find more information on the show, see upcoming guests, and listen to past episodes. That's Carlos Tonight. all right this week's guest is a fantastic artist who dreamt of packing stadiums when she was a little girl using her powerful and beautiful voice to entertain people and she's doing just that all while paying tribute to one of the most iconic artists of all time selena please welcome stephanie Bergata, a member of the selena tribute band Bidi Bidi banda in austin texas hi stephanie i'm happy to have you join me how are you
0: I'm so good. Oh my gosh, what an introduction. Thank you very much for having me.
1: So I'm very glad that you're able to join me. Um, and I want to say, you know, now that things are starting to open back up again, um, let's start with the pandemic and ask how you and your bandmates have been uh, not being able to perform over the last year and a yeah. half. Yeah.
0: So, um, you know, the timing on this is really a huge part of the story. So we're from Austin, we, uh, which is the birthplace and home of South by Southwest. We tend to have our busy season from South by Southwest to probably Cinco de Mayo, uh, right about now, this time, the period, the week that we're having right now. So uh, I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, there was a big press conference in, um, in Austin the week that South by was canceled and everything just kind of started to fall apart. And before I could even see what was happening, I was getting emails and phone calls from promoters who were like, everything's canceled, you know, and, and there's no real in in contracting back to a, a year and a half ago there was no real clause for pandemic so you know we saw complete loss of income um the weekend that south by was canceled was kind of the catalyst and the starting point for all everything being canceled but um that weekend I, we were supposed to play the austin rodeo and i told the guys i was like we're gonna play something we're going to figure out something and we'll play for people on sunday which so Cut to two days later, we did our first, we jumped right into streaming. We did our first streaming event on Facebook Live. We did a full-blown bitty bitty Biddy the concert, uh, and it was awesome. We played for tips, and, you know, I was able to pay everybody in the band for that, and, you know, from there, we just kind of took a pause. We did a couple of live uh, multi-camera streaming events. Half the band is from Austin, half the band is from San Antonio. So we did a couple of multi-stream, multi-camera multi streaming events right around Selena's birthday, but, you know, for the most part, we just kind of paused and, figured out this new normal and I did a couple of private events for just individual companies where I would like set up a speaker and like sing into a microphone and kind of do it karaoke style but um, it was shocking and um, devastating and and we just kind of I, you know I tried really hard to stay in touch with the guys and we're all friends we're you know we've been doing this together for seven years so staying in touch and then not seeing their faces for such a long period of time was so strange but um interesting to be jumping right back in now yeah.
1: Cool. So for those of you who are just tuning in, listening and, and watching, um, Bidi Bidi Banda, you're a Selena tribute band. You've been performing for more than five years. My question is, um, where did you get the idea to form a band like this? And how difficult was it? Yeah,
0: it was very difficult. Harder than I could have ever imagined. <laughs> but um, it was, so the idea came from, you know, I was singing in a trio and I knew, like you said, I knew my entire life. I, all I ever wanted to do was sing. That's all I ever wanted to do is play music for people and so I'm from Austin, the live music capital of the world. So I started a band. I started singing in a trio, a guitar trio. It was me singing, and the only people that were coming to my shows were my mom and dad. And I was trying. I was kind of racking my brain, trying to figure out how I could maximize my exposure. How could I get as many people as possible to hear my voice? And I back. I, I thought back to my calling card, the person who I saw. The reason why I wanted to do this, which was Selena, and look, thinking about her music videos and how much I love singing No Me Mas in my car. And how fun it was to do Como Flood and to dance to these cumbias. I'm like, people love this. And I love this. And it would be so easy for me. And um, I'm going to put together a band of 10 people and then go from there. Um, that was the idea. That was the catalyst for it. I was trying to get as many people as possible to get eyes on me or eyes, ears on me. Um, I put together a 10-person band. And I, th- I come from the music industry. So I'm, I'm booking management publicity. Before I started the band, I was doing all those things and I knew I wanted to be in the industry and I knew I needed these skills. So I learned how to do everything behind the scenes before I started my band so that when I was starting my band, I wouldn't have to ask anybody for help or I wouldn't have to depend on anyone for help. Um, so I had all these skills. I knew all these musicians and I, I came to 10, nine of them with the idea of doing a Selena tribute. I put together the pieces that I thought I needed and we all showed up for rehearsal. And the first song we ever rehearsed was Chico del Apartamento Cinco Doce. And, For anybody who knows that song or any musicians out there, that song has a total of three key changes rapid fire. It is one of the hardest, silliness songs to play. Uh, And it was the first song we tried doing, and we immediately realized we were in over our heads. So we doubled down on rehearsals and went from trying to learn 10 songs to just getting through five of them for our first show ever And the rest is history. You know, it was significantly harder. It is. It's one thing to do Selena karaoke. It's a totally different thing to recreate these songs from nothing.
1: Did you have to go through the family for this? Um,
0: no, we did. So I just it was just going to be a one time thing. My intention was to have it be be a one time like show where I just sewed the Selena costume and showed up and sang songs (laughs) and then I was going to move on with my life. I was going to be a big star on my own. Um, and we just kind of kept getting calls about it and people were like, Hey, can you do that Selena thing? Can you do that Selena thing? So we, we just jumped in and said yes. And, um, before we knew it, we were playing shows all over the state. And that's when we got a call from the family, just letting us know, or Q Productions, letting us know what was okay and not okay in their, in their books. And, you know, we have a pretty, pretty reasonable relationship with them. I mean, cool. we don't hear from them very often, mm-hmm. but um, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that we have their complete blessing. Cause I don't think anybody, it, it's hard to manage that legacy, yeah. but they've been really respectful of us. And we, I, and I have a full understanding of the reasonable amount of respect I need to have for them. And, you know, we, we know what we can do and we know what they're okay with and that's how we forge ahead.
1: I often wonder what artists think about, uh, the love that they're receiving from a lot of fans and people around the world. If Selena was alive today, what do you think she would think about your band and what you're doing out there?
0: I hope that she would like it. <laughs> um, so, if you've ever been to a banda show, one of the things that is uh, unique to us, one of the things we stopped doing really early on, a year into doing the banda, um, I stopped dressing up as Selena. So, if you come to one of our shows, you, I will look like some semblance of some version of this with more makeup and more sparkles um and, and by design it's that way you know I I really hope that Selena would be pleased or impressed or happy that we're carrying it this way um uh, yeah <laughs> I, I all of the all of the work that we do everything we do in an effort in in the effort of the band that is to make selena's fans happy and to be respectful of her and her legacy so uh with that best foot forward i would hope that she would be happy to see a person singing her songs but also trying to make their own way that's my ultimate goal
1: that's beautiful um selena selena meant a lot to people around the world 25 years after her death she continues to inspire what did she mean to you
0: Oh man. Um she meant to me, you know, and I say this a lot in interviews, I feel like a broken record, but it's so true. She was the first person who I saw on television who looked like she could be my aunt or my cousin or my friend's mm-hmm. mom, my mom's friend down the street. She looked like she was in she could be in my circle of people and I think to a certain extent being a woman from Texas being, you know, growing up and living Uh, my life less than 200 miles from where she lived and, and, you know, having a similar experience, it, for me, it really, uh, I was shell shocked and I was, it was jarring even at eight years old to see her just be gone, you know? And I think in my like teens and early twenties, I really just kind of was trying to make my own way in the world, but to have this calling card to come back to this and have it be a thing that is so, still so relevant in so many people's lives it's really you know it's it's special and it's nice and you know i will never be selling it out (laughs) i'll never i'll never be tired of the content um i love to see people's different interpretations of it you know it's easy to be critical of of everything that's coming out the netflix show the bump box the makeup but the the vinyl records the little funko Mm -hmm. dolls. I could see where people could be like, Oh my gosh, there's so much coming out. But for me, I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's so much for people to have the cups that stripes. Um, if, you know, if you're in Texas, right. um, there's so much Selena to go around. And I think that uh, she's always going to be relevant. I think she's always going to be beloved. And for me, yes, but for me, that's certainly the case.
1: So my first introduction to Selena was the song Biddy Bitty Bum Bum. Ah, uh, yes. And then, a year later, I had to write uh, about her tragic death uh, for a news magazine that I, I wrote for. <clears throat> excuse me, in Chicago, and uh, I saw the movie uh, with J Lo. Not with J Lo, but starring J Lo. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs>
1: and then I saw the Netflix show. I'm curious, what did you think about the Netflix show? And has any of that, uh, or will that inspire any of your work on stage?
0: One hundred percent. It has inspired our work on stage. We've done. Yes. We've added three songs to our set list this year, and they're all from the show. Cool. Okay. Uh, so you know, the the goal of the Banda is to is to um, to embrace milestones of Selena's career, and I think that includes the, the the moments that people have used to memorialize her to to honor her legacy, including the show. Um, I thought the show. Again, I'm a Selena. I'm a Selena <laughs> fanatic. I love all things Selena. Um, I love the show. I thought it was, I thought Christians, I love the interpretation. I love seeing another interpretation of it. And um, I really loved the callbacks and the relevance of the Tejano music culture, especially in part one. Yeah. You know, the Tejano Music Awards part with Laura Canales and Grupo Mas and the posters on Amy's wall. Mm-hmm. I just I saw those. And like for, also for me, Laura Canales is as relevant as Selena was. She, she is in my house. She is in my family. Mm-hmm. So her get her roses and to see her be honored in that way and to see how much reverence Selena had for her was really special. Um, I loved the sh- I loved the show. I loved seeing the costumes. I loved that like and I'm also like eight years. Um, what is it? I was eight years old when this was all happening. So for me to have women in my life who were like Selena's age and my aunts who were really they, it's just for me that's like the coolest moment in time. That was when the coolest stuff was happening. And my, like, giant eight, nine, ten-year-old eyes, I, just, I was like, oh, my God, look at that hair. Look at, those, look at that jewelry. Look at all those the sparkles, of rhinestones. It's just, for me, that was, like, the coolest moment in time. So to, re- to see that recreated with a singer who I love so much was very cool. Historias de un reportero
1: Stephanie Vergara, you're not only the lead singer of Bidi Bidi Banda, a Selena tribute band, but you're also the manager of the band, and you're also a mom, as you mentioned. Yeah. How do you juggle it all?
0: Uh, I'm t- I, the, the short version, of the elevator pitch of my life is that I'm tired, and I'm hungry, and I'm hungover all the time. <laughs> but um,
1: <laughs> sounds like me. <mean. laughs>
0: I have a wonderful three and a half year old little boy who is priority number one. And I think one of the reasons, one of the ways that I've been able to kind of keep myself grounded is that I keep the most important thing, the most important thing, which is him. And, um, you know, if that means, and I mean this in the best way possible, like shows now have become less about party and more about work and we're there to work. And we, you know, when people come and pay their money to see our band, we want to give them the best version of these silliness songs that we can. And it is a job and, it helps to pay my mortgage and helps to pay element or preschool tuition and, and things that we need to do. So um, having my son has definitely made me become more of a grownup. Um, having us, having the band see some, some level of success has definitely made me want to elevate how and when we do this. Um, you know, we don't have to play every single show for exposure because someone asks us to. You know, like we, right. it's got to be, there's got to be some value behind what we do and it's not valuable if we're playing in Austin 18 times a year. So right, um, right. thinking about that and, and, uh, trying to keep my head above water and, and manage the su- success, the band is a success that managing the success as, as best I can has definitely, um, been, been keep at the forefront of my mind. Cause if things fall apart yeah. or if something doesn't happen, it's on me. And right. it's very easy to see that.
1: So I grew up with strong influential women and you seem to be surrounded by uh, talented men and I'm talking about the guys in your group. Do they ever um, like treat you like a little sister do you guys ever fight?
0: We don't really fight you know I, um, I will I will to speak on the dynamic of our relationship you know of my relationship with the men in the banda mm-hmm. um, it's no secret to anyone that the music industry is largely led by white men. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just call that what it is. So to be a, not a white man, fronting a band, managing a band, being the point of contact, you know, we frequently will get to a show and have a show promoter be like, okay, well, who's, who advanced the show? Who do we get this information from? You got it from me. Okay. Well, who do we pay? You pay me. And who do, who do we talk to about what's happening on stage? You talk to me, you can talk to those men, but I'm their boss. And they'll probably going to just, they're probably just going to send you back to me. So they are, Incredible strong male allies. Rocky and Kobe are dads to daughters, and ha- just kind of have, you know, women fronted. What uh, <laughs> they what they lead women led lives. So I am um, so thankful to them and appreciative of them. I'm I'm impressed every single time we play a show that they are comfortable and I, they're comfortable and they're they're okay with being a strong male ally and having me, you know. Mm-hmm. On Front Street, to be honest with you, like that's I can't think of a better way to put it, but they're so supportive of if you know if someone wants to interview me or someone wants to take a picture with usually if someone's taking a picture with me after the show, one of the guys in the band is holding the camera. Um, they're so supportive and and you know to that extent also like to your to your uh, answer your question about being no baby sister, they they kind of do, you know, I don't there are some places or some environments where if it looks kind of sketchy they won't really let me be by myself especially when I was pregnant we were touring like I didn't carry any of my bags (laughs) they helped me get off the bus and like made sure I got to my hotel room okay and if we're playing a show afterward like they'll all we'll go take pictures all together we try to do that all together so that it's safe for me um and so that you know the guys want to say hi to people and and uh, I do my very, very best to make sure that they are elevated and that people know their names and uh, know who they play with. And um, my favorite musician in the world is George Strait. And whenever George Strait plays shows and introduces his band, he says their name, what they play and where they're from. And I try to do that as well. And I think that it really humanizes the guys in the band. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, elevates them.
1: So Selena had a lot of hits and yeah. including my favorite uh, Dreaming of You and mm-hmm. I rocked that out last weekend when I was cleaning the house. And I'll admit that. Right. <laughs> Do you have a favorite?
0: Oh, man. No, Me get the Mass 100%. Um, no, Me get the Mass is this my favorite song. It's my favorite song, but probably my favorite song in the world. It's just such a beautiful song. And, you know, it's if you see the Selena Netflix series and you see kind of the evolution of how that song happens, it will punch you right in the gut. It is just so it's so devastatingly beautiful. Um, to think about where the songwriter was when he was like, you know, you may think that this was nothing, but to me, this was the most beautiful moment of my life. And I don't care if you think that it's nothing, it will always be eternal. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, did you see the series part too? I I remember that part, he was crying. Yeah, so Ricky Vela is the songwriter of the show, of the the, the, Mas and the story goes and I guess it's confirmed via the show that it was about Suzette and he was devastated that she was getting married and um I really love that song so much and and in my life it was the song that I imagined singing when I was when I was a little girl I imagined singing it on the riverwalk I imagined I was embodying Selena's energy and doing that she just does such a beautiful job of singing that song and um anytime we play it we it's it's always special. It's the one song that Louis says that I never mess up. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um so it's uh that's my very favorite Selena song for sure. And uh it's the reason why I started doing the Banda in the first place hmm. when when I, I mind envisioned doing Bitty Bitty Banda, it was me singing that song on the river walk or you know, wherever. It it's um uh, that's my it's it's such a special song to me for sure.
1: How do you guys prepare for a gig? Uh, do you meet like in advance and say okay we're going to play these songs or is it based on like the venue that you're going to be performing at
0: it's definitely based on the venue and the kind of show that we're being booked for so because we do the selena tribute songs or we do this tribute we play a lot of the same songs you know it's 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 not the same show everywhere, but we, it's always some version of the same 25 songs we picked from this, this catalog of 25. So I try to, we try to every quarter get together and do a rehearsal, or if we're learning a, a slew of new things, we want to get together and do those. But we've been doing the Banda for seven years now, and you know, it's, it's, not that it's not necessary, but it's not necessary for us to meet ever, ever so frequently and learn, play the same songs over and over again, right. you know. And we play prior to COVID. I think in 2019 we played 80 shows, wow. so we were seeing pretty frequently. Yeah, wow. and I think at this point we've got 60 or so on the books for 2021. Wow. So you know, we, we not, I would never say that we don't need practice. Everybody needs to practice, but um, we play so frequently and we play the same songs. Uh, You know, if we were doing original songs or writing creatively or anything like that, we definitely would be getting together more outside of the shows, but because we're playing so frequently and because the songs are some semblance of the same for every show, we don't really rehearse that much. I send full advances to the guys and, try to put in one email, everything that they could possibly want to know about what it is that we're doing. Like where to park, where you load in, what you should wear, what songs we're going to play, who's playing on this show. Or do we have subs or is it just the regular bands? Um, I'm going to take us, I'll send the set list so that they can know when I'm going to do a costume change or when I'm going to, they're going to sing a song without me. Or um, We try really hard to put it all in one place. We have a great new, wonderful uh, manager who's helping me kind of send that information out. Um, with some help. Oh my gosh, I appreciate her so much. She just came in and just has changed the dynamic of yeah, the way yeah. that we do. Yeah. She's our day-to-day manager for sure. Oh
1: cool. Okay. Yeah. Um so it's hard for me and a lot of people to imagine that it's been 25 years since Selena's death. And 26? yeah, and she continues to inspire people all over the world. She continues to live on uh, through your band. How does it feel being able to um introduce her to like a new generation to maybe um young people that may not be Latinos.
0: Yeah. Uh it's it's you know, coming from Austin and coming from a place where we consider ourselves to be the live music capital of the world, we play for a lot of non-Latino young people who are just experiencing the Selena music for the first time. And um it's it's a huge responsibility, uh, but also one that we are proud to to participate in you know one of the things that we did last year while we were watching the very necessary social uprising in the summer of last year killing of george floyd one of the things we did one of the things i realized was that you know we were frequently being asked to open the latin market for a club or we were like we get these calls by these biker bars or by these country bars and they'd be like we want to do a Latin night. Have you ever done a Latin night before? No, no, we want to try it out. So we were we were realizing that we were being kind of put in this place. I was realizing we were being put in this place to be kind of testing the waters. with. That. And then you'd hire us once a year. And then you wouldn't call any other bands of color for the rest of the year. And you'd call us again the next year. And I just didn't see the longevity of that. And part of the story, of part of my story of me wanting to separate myself and make my own way, not separate myself from Basilina a disrespectful way but part of telling my own story one of the things i implemented in our contracting last year was a diversity clause and that says that if we we are contacted by you we're going to review your booking practices and if we feel like you're not making a deep investment in musicians of color throughout the year we don't really want to play or if we find out that your booking practices show that you're only hiring us we'll cancel our own show because we don't need to be there and we don't need to be paid it's not worth it so um I'm really proud of that. I'm really focused on that work, on that equity work. Um, and we, you know, it's not to say that we want to out any clubs or say that these clubs are bad or these clubs are good because we want to play all the clubs, you know, and if there's, they're not hiring people of color, can we bring an opener? Can we, you know, can we be the first of a series of Latinx shows? Can you, hip hop performers, can you book drag queens? Can you book something else that is not a white man playing before and after us?
1: What do you think that's important so, now?
0: I think it's important now because no one's ever talked about it before. And everyone's just like, we've been sitting, we've been looking at this table where we were given one seat. We, when I say we, I mean people of color, musicians of color, creatives of color. We're at this table where we, or we're looking at this table where there's one seat. And the perception is that we have had to fight for the deck for the one seat when in reality, we should be maybe getting our own table or getting to the table and making sure that there are table, seats at the table for all of our friends. I think that the only way that that's going to change is if we make that change, you know? So, and, and it's going to start with us saying, we are not going to play. We are not going to be these, this band that shows up and takes our money and goes home. That doesn't, that's not going to help. I mean, it's going to help us, but it's, we want to do better.
1: Right. So I mentioned earlier that you were a mom Um, What are some of the things that you want young people in your life or around the community or maybe the venues uh, that you visit to learn from your story, from the band and the woman that inspired your band?
0: Um, I I would like for, for, for first and foremost, I would like for other single moms to know that you are you can do it, whatever it is, like having a baby. And my son is the best thing I ever did. He's the best thing I'll ever do. Um, but in order for me to be the best I can be for him, I need to be able to create, I need to have an outlet. And I'm fortunate enough to live in Austin where my family is and I have a great co-parenting relationship with my son's dad, um, where I can have the, uh, the, the, space to do that. And, you know, I have, since my son's been born, the band got better, you know, and the, like having a child is not the end um of your life and you know it's it's the beginning and it made me want to do better and do more and you know my son's three and a half years old and and I hope that you know when he's 25 and he's he's writing his Facebook post on Mother's Day about happy Mother's Day to his mom that he means it and that he's serious about how he feels about me and like if I'm not a good mom I'm not good I'm not anything um and I, I and I'm Thriving, and he's thriving, and I, I think that my goal, my hope, would be that if someone saw what I was doing or saw what I was, you know, kind of capable of, that they would see that they could do it too. Um, just drive and focus, and and like for me, relentless passion to want to be the best version of myself. Carlos tonight. Carlos tonight.
1: Stephanie Bergara, you are helping keeping uh, Selena's legacy alive with your tribute band, Biddy Biddy Banda. Do you ever get the chance to play like other music when you perform? I think you mentioned that earlier.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, actually. So we just did an event with Texas Public Radio earlier this year, earlier this week and we're dipping our toe and doing some other stuff we did a casey Musgrave song and um the, the intention always was to make my own way and i'm really excited that july in july of this year i'll be releasing my first single in english nice. it's original music. congratulations um, I, I, my, thank you i'm so excited my co-writing partner and i are going to the studio to record in the next six weeks and um, it'll be radio ready in july and i'm really really excited to do that and um I'm not sure if you saw, I know you're not in Austin, but it, the, all the big news in Austin today is that the Austin City Limits Festival lineup was released mm-hmm. and George Strait is playing. And I just mentioned George Strait mm-hmm. earlier. He's, I think the perception might be that I have a crush on him, but it's <laughs> so much more. I do, of course, but um, it's so much more than that for me. George Strait released his first album when he was 30 years mm-hmm. old. He won his first Grammy when he was 59. Wow. Um, he's playing, he's headlining ACL Festival at 69 years old. I started my band when I was 28. And uh, I really it, it all it kind of started late because I was scared yeah. because I really wanted to make sure that I could be stable. And before I, I started my band and um, it, it's uh, it's going to remain to be seen how that continues to happen. But uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan of people who who seek seek out their dreams kind of later in life. I forgot what you asked me, but I hope that answered your question. <laughs> um,
1: so I know that your your group uh, performs around Austin and around uh, Texas. Are there any plans of maybe going to other
0: states? Yeah, we've been all over the country. We've been everywhere from New Orleans to L.A., everywhere in between, Chicago, okay, okay. Denver, Phoenix, um, Vegas. So uh, we definitely love playing again. Our Phoenix, other than us, Austin and San Antonio and now Dallas, uh, Phoenix is our best market. So we definitely want to come back and, and play those shows. And we're definitely, you know, before COVID happened, we were scheduled to be in Albuquerque and Tucson and Phoenix again, and, um, more of the Southwest. It's really our sweet spot in terms of playing shows. Um, but yeah, we, we want to do that again. And, uh, it was such a bummer, it, like such a bummer doesn't even begin to, to, to describe it, but like, this was last year was going to be the first year that I was going on tour since my son was born. Uh, it was really, uh, pleased and proud to be able to present the bandana on a national level again. And we didn't get to do that last year. So thinking maybe hopefully we can pull something together in October, November. Um, and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, we, we love Texas and we're so proud of being like the first Selena tribute from Texas. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people in Texas to a certain extent feel like they have some ownership of Selena and they do. She's our Texas girl. She's our yeah. girl. Um, she was Beyonce before Beyonce was mm-hmm. Beyonce. <laughs> Uh, And, you know, it's it's scary to think it was it was scary initially to think about leaving Texas with this band, but it's thriving for sure. And we're ready to go back out there.
1: So before I let you go, I I got my phone out. Um, I have some questions from our listeners. I posted it on Instagram um, earlier today. The first one is from Nancy. Is there a Selena song that really hits home? You kind of answered that earlier.
0: Yeah, No Me Queda Mas for sure. I also love all of the Rancheras, the Selena Rancheras songs. It rem- those songs remind me all like the Rancheras from any Tejama bands remind me of watching my parents dance at Quinceañeras and Bodas and like, it's just there's so much there's such a romanticism to them for, for me. Um, and like, you know, watching my mom and dad dance at like, my quinceañera, just like thinking, oh, one of these days I'll dance with my husband at my quince- mm-hmm. at, at my kids quinceañera like that. So any of the rancheras that we do, we do currently, yo me voy, dame un beso, yo fui aquella, uh, si la quieres, and So we really love those. There's, you know, the, you have to kind of love that format of music for there to be six of them in your yeah. playlist, in your set list.
1: <laughs> okay, this one is from Martin and Julio. Uh, They say they are big fans of Selena. Thank you for all that you do. What did you think of Christian Cerrado's portrayal of Selena on Netflix?
0: Um, I feel for Christian for sure uh, anybody, any person who in, who tries to embody Selena, sing like her, look like her, anything like that is going to face their fair share of criticism. I think she was so she handled it all very gratefully and I hope this is not meant to sound like a dig at her at all but Christian Serratos is a, is a very ambitious actress and I think that she, if I were her, I would have done the exact same thing that she did which was portray this woman with as much respect and uh, what is it reverence as possible, and then move on to the next part of your career, you know, like that's, and I think that's what Selena would have wanted as well to be portrayed and then leave this moment frozen in time and then move on to your next thing. And I think that as a, actress and as a latinx woman christian did a great job and i think that she accomplished what it is that she was trying to accomplish out of doing selena she will be selena she'll be associated with selena forever but i'm really excited to see what she's going to do after this
1: absolutely um this one's from rosie and it's a twofer um by the way i love rosie she always sends in questions Uh, she wants to know what does your family think of your band and what music do you listen to
0: my son my three and a half year old he doesn't very frequently come to shows, but when he does, we have to strap him into the stroller because he will run away or try to run on stage. His favorite thing to do, is, geez, 40, he weighs 40 pounds, and his favorite thing to do is for me to hold him while I'm singing songs, which is bad on my back and bad on my voice. Um, otherwise, he's strapped in the stroller for now, and most of the time while I'm up there, he's looking at me going, speak of the devil, what the hell are you doing up there? You know, basically, he's just like, oh, hi, dude. He's like, what are you- so my, my son is a, has a love-hate relationship with the banda. My parents are really proud. Um, you know, and nothing about where I come from would tell you that I'm supposed to be a musician. Um, so my dad and my mom, if you ever come to one of our shows and my parents are there, you can find my, my dad and mom at the bar in the back buying margaritas for all my friends. I'm really proud. My brother, I have one brother and he's super supportive and my niece and nephew just like, <laughs> the other day my niece got an iPad for Christmas And she called my mom and said, how do you spell Stephanie? I'm going to Google her. She's seven. So uh, I think that they're, they're really proud and really, I'm really so loved and so supported. And, um, I think it's, I think they're really proud of me. So good. it's it's like, I'm going to get, I'm going to start to cry. We're all proud of you. Thank you. I don't think frequently about that, but I think they're. I hope that they're proud of me, and that's all. I, if I can do that, that's that's accomplishing a whole lot. I know they are. Uh, in terms of music, I it's so diverse. I come from the industry, so I love everything. I love Bad Bunny. There's my son back there. Oh hi. <laughs> he's he's playing with things he shouldn't be playing with. <laughs> um, I love Bad Bunny. I love Deftones. I love George Strait. I Casey Musgraves. Um, I love it all. I listen to, listen to a lot of it. All all of it. Um, music was my gateway to creativity and my gateway into entering the arts. Um, I, I love to, one of my favorite things to ask a person I, I just meet is to ask them what their favorite song is and what they like to, because you learn so much about that person. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm listening to music with my family during Christmas time at home, we're listening to the Eagles. If I'm in the car with my boyfriend, we're listening to Primus or Pantera or something crazy like that, you know, and then I love going to a concert and I, you know, we listen. to, I listen to so much music while my, I was pregnant with my son. We love Lauryn Hill um, I love hip hop music, all like the baby, little baby, Drake, mm. all of that. I love it all. So uh, all the babies, all the babies, all the babies, all, <laughs> all the babies, all the bunnies.
1: Yep. <laughs> cool. So earlier I posted uh, with you guys uh, your social media pages and I'll include that in the episode uh, notes. Stephanie, um, you guys will be performing uh, up in my neck of the woods, uh, north of uh, Dallas in Plano, Texas, right? Yeah,
0: we'll be there June 5th. legacy hall it's one of our like if we could say that we had a home venue it would be either legacy hall in plano or uh hotel congress in tucson but for all intents and purposes we love legacy hall they treat us like gold um it's such if you've never been there before it's like this multi restaurant three level club bar outdoor experience you bring your kids you can see like eat so much food and hang out. This is the first time June 5th will be the first time that I can, I'm going to go and I'm going to eat some food. Cause every time we play, I play the show and before I realize it, before I can clear the crowd is like 1130 and everything's closed. So I'm going to go early, get my food picks in and I'll be there with my boyfriend and we'll be hanging out. So cool. we love legacy hall. We'll be there on June 5th.
1: Cool. I'm going to drive up so yeah. I can meet you in person. Okay.
0: Okay. Let me know your, com- we'll talk about that offline, but <laughs> okay. Um, tables are going really fast so if you want to get I hear them, it yeah, yeah. We'll so it. In ju-
1: you're also performing in july right uh
0: yeah we're playing a lot in july we're doing uh Austin city limits live so that is actually the anniversary of dreaming of the dreaming of you album it's the 26th anniversary of the album so we'll be doing some semblance of that that uh there and then we'll be back in the north texas area for lewisville addison and farmer's branch uh in cool. june and july
1: all right and because i am me uh, the first person to email me at carlos tonight podcast at gmail dot com will win a pair of tickets to check out the band, and I'll have more information in the show's notes. Hey,
0: look so at there that.
1: you go. And if you can't make it there, then I'll buy you uh, your first two drinks in Dang, Pleno, Texas. Dang,
0: Carlos, for sure. Don't forget that email. <laughs> That's
1: the hookup, for sure. <laughs> cool. Uh, once again, Stephanie Bergara from Bitty Biddy Banda. Um, you can find them on social media, and we'll have a link to the band's pages. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. You're always welcome to come back. Oh, this God was bless a treat. you.
0: Thank you so much. Sorry I was. we were interrupted, but this was so nice. Thank you so much, and I'm happy to talk to you.
1: And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. Carlos Tonight is written and produced by yours truly, Carlos Correa. My theme was performed by Skin Skingales. All new episodes of the podcast are available every other Wednesday, everywhere. You get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. And don't forget to watch us, too. All the information available at carlostonight.com. Carlos!